Hello, I'm Angela Gatunes. And I'm Wendy Harmer. Nice to know you're listening. Now, Wendy. Yes. Lovely email here from uh, a listener who says how much she likes the fact that we mentioned a phrase dear to her heart, a woman of a certain age. Mm. And she goes on to speculate, I wonder when we get to be a woman of a certain age. Mm. She says, I think that it has something to do with falling over. <laughs> and as she says, I've found that I no longer fall over, I have a fall. You have a fall, absolutely. Well, I had a fall yesterday. I was going to ask you, what is going on? I've got bandaged fingers. Mm-hmm. And I had a fall and it was so embarrassing. I was going out to a job. I was entering a business premise which had a small step up off the footpath. And I just didn't notice and just tripped over this step and sprawled forward. And uh, my knees are bruised. My hands flew out mm. in front of me. Mm. Um, my, my fingers kind of met the the wall and and pushed against it and so I dislocated one of the fingers and they're swollen and painful and I picked myself up and I felt so terrible about it and there was a man loading his car parked a metre and a half away Mm. from me Mm. and he studiously kept his back turned the whole time. I mean, he would have heard it. He would have seen it. He would have heard me cussing afterwards. And did he come up and say, oh, are you all right? No. Oh, dear. Do you think that's because you're of a certain age? (laughs) Maybe if he'd been 25, he might have come and asked. I think that that's exactly right. Well, you go on and read that that fabulous email about the experience. I think the, 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 the gal who's written it to us just explains it so perfectly. Well, she says when you fall over, uh, it's embarrassing. You might skin your knee or an elbow, but you can generally jump up and continue on, a wa- on your way. When you have a fall, you will, for some inexplicable reason, be so completely winded as to possibly never breathe again. You'll almost definitely break your glasses or at the very least bend them into some mm, unrecognisable mm. shape. You make a loud and guttural noise. <laughs> exactly right. As you head in slow motion towards the ground, then further humiliation will follow as strangers grab at all of your very painful wobbly bits and try to haul you back up to a standing position. Well, I wish. <laughs> well, I wonder whether he thought he was going to get a handful of wobbly bit and that was what put him off. He thought, I'll just keep loading this bag of spuds in the back of his car here. Rather than go and help that bag of spuds over, over there. there. <laughs> That's right. I had a fall myself recently and the funny thing about it, I was so concerned to tell everybody that it was, um, I had slippery shoes and indeed I had these brand new pair of shoes flat and went and they went un, un, from under me. They were cheapies, don't buy cheap shoes, we all know that one. But when I was talking about it and I scarred my, I took about five layers of skin. How many layers of skin have we got? Quite, uh, oh, I don't know, quite That's a few. Good, isn't that a good question? Yeah, that is a good question. I think question. it's five, isn't it, or something? Yeah, well, or that, seven? That number sprang to your mind, didn't it, instantly? Yeah. Anyway, I took them all off, however many we've got. But every time I told the story, I had to, because of my certain age, mm. make sure that I said that A, that I was sober, because that was the first line of inquiry, people knowing me, but B, that it was my shoes, and not that I was an old crock. <laughs> Who'd had a fall? Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> so you know, and that was people rushing at me, grabbing my wobbly bits, and I didn't like it at all. So I think you're well off not being grabbed. No, well, I just was horrified, mm. and I thought, how rude, how mean, how you know, unneighbourly of him. 
<laughs> and he might have been a deaf person. <laughs> and blind. <laughs> and blind. <laughs> driving a car. <laughs> Harumph. Harumph. So do you feel elderly after that fall? Well, of- yes, I do, as a matter of fact. I was quite sort of shocked and I had to go home and have a little lie down. <laughs> My knees were bruised. Well, see, that's what you do after you get a certain age. You have a fall and then you go and have a lie down. What do you think of this moose burger woman? The moose burger that roared. The moose burger. Why, why do we call her a moose burger? Because well, she says she... her favourite food is moose burger. Oh, this is that. Sarah Palin, the, who's uh, the governor of Alaska. The running mate of John McCain. Mm. Well, it was interesting. Well, she's fascinating, fascinating person. Really? Oh, yeah. No, ho- I think she's... Hockey mum. She's, yeah, a hockey mum. Her favourite food is moose burger, and she likes to carry a gun. She likes to go hunting and she's fishing. And if you go on to... Various galleries of her. Mm. There's just endless pages of her with dead animals. She actually posed in for one big portrait with a, a dead bear behind her, <laughs> skinned bear in her office. A polar bear. And she's got dead caribou. She's got all these, she's got birds and fish and all this. It was really interesting. And, of course, been an avid member of the Rifle Association yes, for years. Yes. How do you reckon that would play in Australia, that kind of person? I think it would play extremely poorly. I do too. I think we'd be so cynical of a you know, former beauty queen who's been uh, – she's only been introduced to the president once. I think he's only ever met her once. Mm. I think he just cast his uh, eye around the Congress for a good-looking chick. Do you think? Uh, for a running mate. Yes, I do. A well, good-looking conservative chick. Well, I was uh, reading Arianna Huffington this morning who said one of the reasons she was probably chosen is because she's been so recently a member of the Republican Party, had such a meteoric rise to fame that she hasn't left her foot trail of footprints all over, you know, her bloodied... <laughs> Tracks, <laughs> bloody tracks. But I am interested in the whole idea of her seventeen-year-old daughter Bristol. <clears throat> if that ain't the worst name I've ever heard, it's she's got some close. beauties too. Trig and track, trig and track and Bristol. And what's the other one's name? The other one wasn't as bad. I can't remember what the fifth one, the, uh, the littlest daughter's name is. But Bristol is now she's pregnant at seventeen, and Barack Obama says to the press, because everyone's going, you know, how could you be so irresponsible, blah, blah. He said, well, my mother had me when she was 18. Mm. And, in fact, my own mother um, was 17 when I was born. So I wonder what is the big deal about teenage pregnancy? I mean, why why is it such a horror of it? I've heard you say you want your daughter to have a baby when she's a teenager. Oh. Only because I'd like, well, I'd like daughter, to be a grandma, being my, selfish. My daughter is rising 17, and the thought of her being a mother right now is horrifying. I'm still... Mm. I'm still as a mother trying to impart all the things that I think she needs to know to become a, a full adult. Mm. Well, I don't suppose I'll know that until I get there. But, it, you know, no, I'm, I'm not really serious about wanting her to be a, I'm, as I say, just a selfish, you know, I'd love to have a little, another little baby. <laughs> <laughs> I might adopt a Malawian or something like that. That might be better. But um, I can't understand why, I mean, obviously... Biologically, we're fit as we're fleas. set for we're, it. We're set mm, to have babies mm. then and and be good mothers. But um, so I don't know what all the fuss is about being so being so young. Well, isn't it because these days, as women, we have careers, we have lives to lead, and fulfilling 
lives and make big positive contributions to society other than reproducing. But what about if you got to, you did all that when you were younger and then you got it out of the way? What, having the you babies? Know, having your babies. Rather than I think the worst time to have babies is smack in the middle of your 30s because I think I'm really lucky to have had them later in life. Mm. And I think early in life, I think the most difficult part is when you have them right in the middle of your career. Yes, that's probably true. I mean, I, you know, as a woman of a certain age, certain age. <laughs> I've most definitely postponed the whole baby having until the last possible moment yeah. so that I could ha- have a career and a, mm. and a full and colourful life. Yes, well, I postponed having my babies till really quite late too, till I got to the point where I was wealthy enough to be able to afford to hire a nanny to bend over when my back went. <laughs> and that proved to be a very, very good plan. <laughs> May I uh, confess, since the last time we met Wendy, mm. I had a terrible day of binge eating rubbish. I had a big packet of chips and a packet of fantails in one sitting. <laughs> Really? Well, I'm not really a binge eater. I just eat a lot steadily. I don't intend to sit down and go binge. Well, I hadn't intended to either. In fact, may I just tell you the story of how this happened? I pulled into a petrol station to buy some petrol. And I had, you know, the shopper docket, which gives you a four cent a litre discount. And so I spent the four, uh, I filled up. And what a fantasy. As if the groceries aren't four cents well, dearer I, look, to compensate know, for my this. My senses had just disappeared <laughs> off somewhere else that day. So anyway, I filled up the car. It's nearly a hundred mm. bucks because I drive on a small car that runs on diesel. Yeah, yeah. And I'm paying trucks tax because of the cost yeah. of diesel. Uh, four cents per litre off because yeah. of my shopper docket. And then there's the sign at the service station which says, spend four dollars in the shop and get an extra two cents a litre off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wood duck. Gee, did they see you coming, spinner? Isn't that insane? So I go, oh, okay. So what? I don't smoke anymore, so I can't buy a packet of cigarettes. What else am I going to buy at the service station other than petrol? Lollies. <laughs> <laughs> so I buy $4 worth of chips and fantails. <laughs> <laughs> to get $2 a litre extra off the petrol. Oh, fabulous. Isn't that insane? So I think it's an 80 cent saving <laughs> for an extra and four you, kilos in yeah, weight. Yeah, you have to walk an, extra, walk an extra 35 miles to get the weight off. That's right. Oh, it's crazy getting sucked into that. And what are you thinking? I couldn't look. I just, and then, I, you know, I sat at home on the couch eating the chips and the fantails, feeling so bad and thinking, you fool, you idiot. <laughs> How could you do this? You are, though, uh, listen, it's people like you that make this economy go round. Let's just face it, if there weren't people like you, go, oh, hang on. Hang on. I mean, the whole place would grind to a halt. So you are capitalism's uh, best friend. Yeah, good. You're doing a good thing. Good, thanks very much. I'm Keeping glad you people like in that. jobs. Let me just uh, share with you some tips while we're on the subject of petrol. Uh, emailed by uh, a friend of a friend who works in the petroleum business in South Africa. Yeah. These are serious tips, by the way. Uh, they're things you may already know. I had never heard of them before. Only fill up your car in the early morning when the ground temperature is still cold because all service stations have their storage tanks buried below ground. The colder the ground, the more dense the fuel. Ooh. When it gets warmer, the petrol expands. So when you're buying your petrol in the afternoon, 
a litre is not oh, okay. exactly a litre. So wow. You, so you get more petrol if you buy And you can afford more fantails. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that interesting? <laughs> never knew that. I never knew that either. Also, she says, when you're filling up, don't squeeze the trigger of the nozzle too fast. In other words, don't try and fill it as fast as you possibly can. Do it on slow. Because of the vapours. Vapours are mm, created mm, while mm. you pump. Okay. Um, and apparently all hoses have a vapour return. If you're pumping on the fast rate, some of the liquid that goes into your tank immediately becomes vapour, which also takes up more room. There you go. Isn't that interesting? And she says one of the most important tips to remember when you fill up your tank is only do it when your tank is half full. Don't let it run all the way down to empty. Why is that? Because the more fuel you have in your tank, the less air is occupying the empty space. Petrol evaporates faster than you can imagine. And apparently in those uh, petrol storage tanks, they have a floating roof, an internal floating Mm, roof, mm. so that there's no air above the petrol. And so uh, it minimises the evaporation. Well, they're all just great tips. Aren't they amazing? And (laughs) What? I... See, you've learned something new today. Go on, admit I've it. I've absolutely learned something. And the only and the only other thing is, don't ever uh, fill up when there's a fuel truck pumping into the storage tanks at the same time when you pull up to the servo, because most likely the petrol or diesel is being stirred up, and you'll get some of the dirt that hasn't yet settled to the bottom. All right. Well, I should finish off uh, perhaps um, asking you now that you know so much a question off the one on the back of these fantail wrappers. <laughs> what year? <laughs> Was Doris Day? <laughs> I didn't read them. I didn't have my glasses on. Oh, well, you were going eating them too fast, obviously. I've got itchy feet, Anne. Yes, is it I just am. me? Is it because of the spring is sprung? It's not I've just got you, itchy Ren. feet. I want to get on the move. Yes, and the kids are too young. I mean, we were talking before, you know, about. Um, what age is the best age to have kids? Well, one of the downsides, of course, is when you have kids later in life, you're pretty much getting to the point where your career isn't that much important to you anymore. You're hopefully a bit cashed up and you want to take off and you've got these two kids in school. Okay, what do we do about that? So we said to my husband and I said, well, what about we go and live overseas for a year and I could, mm. you know, write a book and we could rent out the house and, you know, you guys could go to school in maybe England. Going, where no way you can't take us. We've got our friends. I play football. What am I going to do with my piano? <laughs> All this sort of, oh, okay. And then, of course, there's the aging parent thing, you know. So, where <sighs> that responsibility. <sighs> yeah, we've got all that responsibility. But I wanted to ask you, and I wanted to ask listeners as well. A lot of us, when the kids are in school, we're very loath to move them these days. Now, when I, because I grew up in a country town, Dad was a school teacher. We moved all the time. Yes, one of my best friend's father was mm. a bank manager, and they seemed to move a couple of times a year. That's, she moved constantly, and I found it to be, you know, not as daunting as little as kids might think. Okay, you, I was a funny-looking kid in the wrong colour uniform. Okay, that had a fairly startling effect on my character, probably. But it, we found life to be very exciting to be on the move and I wonder what you think I mean as I say most people these days they think oh no we can't interrupt the schooling mm. what, what's your thoughts there? Well uh, we moved when um, our daughter was quite young to the country I wanted her to have 
mm-hmm. the experience of a, a, a non-urban upbringing for a time. And yeah. so for a few years we lived in the country and she went from a, quite a big urban primary school to a very small little primary school on top of a hill with huge gum trees with koalas in them and beautiful breezes and trees and a tiny little school with about 30 kids in it and two teachers. And how did she find that? Uh, She found it quite difficult, as a matter of fact. Hated it. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds so romantic. Well, she was such an outsider to the rest of them that they were a little bit mean to her. Do you think it was the right thing to do, looking back? Would you recommend it? I don't think it's done her any harm, and I think it's a nice thing for her to look back on now. And uh, you know what? I think that we give kids too much choice too soon. Really, I do. To give them a say in what school they go to, well, we could perhaps listen to their opinions, but ultimately... I think it has to be our choice. Well, that's exactly right. There was, as we were driving along and talking about this, there was a bit of a comment which went over to the back seat. You may have noticed your father is driving this car and I'm in the passenger seat and you will be going exactly where we're going until you are old enough to drive the car and yourselves. So shut up. That's pretty much how that went. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still very keen to take them off and throw them into it, I think. You know, throw them into the deep end and just mess up their lives a little bit. Otherwise, they'll get to the point where they will have been in the same school their whole lives, they will have lived in the same house, and I think they end up pretty sort of sheltered. Yes, although I went to the same school my whole life, pretty much, except for a little stint elsewhere in kindergarten. Um, And it was a wonderful education, I have to say. It was a magnificent education. We changed a few houses. So you'd not been of any help? No, I'm sorry. All I think is that you should make the decision. Mm. If you want to do it, you'll always do the best thing by them. You'll always make sure that they're looked after and protected and not in danger. And I agree with you. I think it would be a wonderful experience for them. You don't think I'm being selfish? No, I don't think you're being selfish at all. Okay. I could be dead tomorrow. Well, exactly right, exactly right. And they'll still maintain their friends or not. I mean, Mm. they can email them all the time now. There's absolutely no reason why the kids can't come home and visit them or vice versa. And they'll have another chapter to their lives, which I, I, I could only see as a positive. Well... You've, uh, yeah, that sounds good. All right. <laughs> off we go. Sack the bags. We're off. It's a dream. We'll see if we get there. We've got to also find somewhere where there's a lot of surf as well because my husband surfs. So that'll be an interesting adventure. I'll keep oh, you posted. Oh, look, there's surf anywhere. Uh, but listeners, because I know that we have some listeners who are expats. Who yeah, are well, that's what I'd love to Australians hear. Australians living and working overseas. Yeah, how have you found it? Let us know. I need some advice from that one. And uh, speaking of inviting listener feedback, mm. we'd really love your emails. Thank you so much for them. Keep them coming. This is a beauty from uh, a listener whose name is Jackie, and she wrote, I love your podcast. It's great to hear you both chatting. It's like having two great girlfriends living in my computer, <laughs> which reminds me of when we were little kids, and you must have thought, as I did, that everyone on television lived inside the TV. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Isn't that sweet? Yeah, it is very sweet. And we got a lovely email here from from a gal in Tokyo too, Konnichiwa. 
Konnichiwa from a Sydney girl in Tokyo. Well, the girl bit isn't true, but everything else is. Love the show. I listen whilst at the gym. Yes, my middle is also like a mattress needing a good belt. I laugh out loud much to the consternation of the tiny, slim, gorgeous, fit Japanese women who don't actually need to be at the gym. I'd love to hear your theories on why women actually bother to exercise when they clearly don't need to. Well, it's for prophylactic reasons. Well, I mean, yes, yes, maybe. But I also think that <laughs> In we... other words, to prevent the need for it, down, ex- remedial work down the track. Exactly. But I don't know why so many people going to the gym, you're apparently just getting fit to keep fit. You know, you're stepping up and down boxes, off boxes and things to get fit for no damn good reason. When was the last time you actually ran for anything? Well, I train once a week, you know. I skip. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I skip rope. That's great. It is good, isn't it? But, but surely you don't have to pay someone. Yeah, I do. I, you, you do not you pay I'm someone put down the fan to help you do I skippy. Do. I do. Can't you do? Can't you do skippy by yourself? No, I I could if I wanted to, but I'd rather sit down and eat fantails or you know, <laughs> and then pay someone send email to show you how to jump over a rope. You well, there you go. No, I just have to pay her to make me. Do the exercise for an hour. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. There is that. There is that. <laughs> Go on, Ange. Keep skipping. Anyway, what year did Cary Grant... Okay, you want me to give you a hand out the door? There's a step there. Thanks very much. Come on, come on, here you go. You're doing really, really well. I might go get a stick. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye.